Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-main, no lanes on the track when we unite and spit, this isn't A-game, better bring your A-game. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-main, no lanes on the track when we Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Not joined as always. I have made my return <laughs> on this back yes. on the Mike and JD Show, and yeah, I'm, I actually missed doing the show last week, so I'm back. Yeah. It's good to be home. How was that? How were the state championships? Um, eh, could have been better. Could have been worse. Could have been better. We had a kid that we thought could win it. He wound up taking fifth. We had a kid that we thought was going to place. He uh, he got nervous under the bright lights. You know, I had a kid that was very average all year who was a match away from placing, and he outperformed. But we had everybody else kind of underperformed a little bit. So, um, you know, it could have been a lot worse, but I think it could have been a lot better. I think we overachieved in getting kids there. I think that we did what we wanted when we got them there. But, you know, we have high expectations. So another year to build, another year to grow. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, we are we are glad to have you back. Thank you to uh, to Joe Gilbert, Fed Pill Joe himself was uh, was in the co-host seat just last week, and uh, it was really fun to get to talk to him. It's kind of nice just to have my cousin on the show because I don't actually like like we don't actually get to talk like face to face. We text a lot, but that's about it. So uh, it, it was nice just to have like a family member on the show who was uh, kind of just a big of wrestling fanatic as we are. So um, yeah, th- that was a lot of fun. And, um, I, I am so excited for what we got coming up on the Mike and JD show YouTube channel next week. So if you're watching this on, uh, on YouTube, if you're on the Mike and JD show network, thank you for being here. If you're on the voices of wrestling network, thank you for being here. Greatly appreciate it. Um, we're also on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. It's where you can get this audio early and ad free. Um, and plus a, bu- a bunch of bonus content. Speaking of which next week, on the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel, we are going to introduce Sting Week. So JD and I, on our Patreon, we've been banking uh, episodes where we're just like, and is, this actually just happened like naturally uh, one day, where we just decided to start talking like, we just want to talk about Sting more. And um, and we started to do that. So uh, our first episode was like, I want to think, I want to say like in November, and it wasn't like planned to be a part of any type of special deal or anything, but uh, we did a full podcast just talking about the history of Ric Flair versus Sting, and um, and that great feud because AEW had just brought Flair in, announced him that he was going to be a part of Sting's last match, all that stuff. So we did a full episode on that, and then we just kept talking about Sting. And we're like, oh, you know, I think we got something here. We have like a full week of episodes, so they're already all all most of them are already on our Patreon. JD and I have one more to uh, to record. We're going to do that this weekend. We're going to record Sting versus Hogan, um, but we have Sting versus Flair. We did Sting and Vader. 
Sting and Cactus Jack, Sting versus the Dangerous Alliance. Um, Joe and I, last week, we did Sting versus Kurt Angle, which was a lot of fun. And then, so now we got another one. Yeah, we got another one coming up, Sting versus Hogan. So we have a full week of just episodes that I'm going to release every single day on our YouTube, uh, Sting Week. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. I'm excited. Um, I think we're going to load up on some of our Patreon content. You got a brace for impact. I'm coming out of retirement with JD Oliva project this weekend. So yeah, man. Cool. Yeah. Um, if you want early access to all that stuff and you don't want to wait like to get one show a day on, uh, on, uh, on, on YouTube, and we're going to have full audio and video on Patreon because some of our stuff I can't put on YouTube because it's just JD and I watching matches. And uh, WWE will <laughs> they'll, they'll block our shit for it. So, like, Take we watched care. the full 1992 War Games match where Sting, um, uh, the Sting Squadron took on Dangerous Alliance. And that was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. By the way, if you haven't ever watched War Games 1992, go ahead and pause the show. Go watch War Games 92. Mike and I will be back. We understand. We will. We mm-hmm. we we are not the Dangerous Alliance. We are not the Swing Squadron. We're below the totem pole. So, like. Go watch that show. It's still, I think it's still the best war games match they've ever had. Yeah, you dude, I, I had not watched that in years and I was honestly like a little bit surprised at just how well that match held up. Like after mm-hmm. all this time, over 30 years, I think a lot of WCW stuff from the early nineties, the work rate was so different than WWF at the time. And I think a lot of it has aged really well because I think that pro wrestling has kind of come close, like mainstream wrestling has come closer to what WCW was in ring wise at the time than what WWE was at the time. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you don't see a lot of like what WW with the exception of Brett with the exception of like, you don't see a lot of what WWF was doing back then in wrestling now, but you see a lot of what WCW was doing like that, you know, mm-hmm. that high impact style. And you saw that in this, in this match, like it was kind of a, what we see because you know, today with the ring busts, not, frequently but frequently enough where we see the ring being destroyed in 1982 you never saw you know people hitting each other with the actual turn buckle like the metal turn buckle you didn't see people beating each other with that back then so in some ways that was ahead of its time a lot of ways. yeah yeah no yeah no in a lot of ways it really was ahead of its time um but speaking of not holding up very well uh john cena was on uh, howard stern yesterday and uh, I'm going to go ahead. And, uh, I'm sure, J.D., you have probably not heard this audio. I can't play the whole thing, but uh, Brandon uh, Thurston posted a clip. Yeah, Brandon Thurston played a clip. I'm going to play a couple of seconds of it, then I'll read, uh, I'll read a transcript from it. But uh, he had spoke to Howard Stern. This was from yesterday. Um, he actually recorded about five minutes of a little over an hour of their conversation. I better get to the present screen. I almost just played it to where I was going to be the only guy hearing it. So let me let me actually get this up. So, um, so Stern, I, I thought, you know, people giving Stern a hard time. And as you guys know, I'm a big Stern fan. I understand what he was doing whenever he set this question up. He's trying to make John Cena feel comfortable and make him open up, uh, when talking about the subject, but little did he know that John Cena is super roboto when talking about, uh, Vince McMahon, uh, here, here's some, uh, here's some of Howard and, uh, Cena from yesterday. But you, this is a guy who's been so good to you sure, and so great in your career. I imagine it's a mind fuck. And then when you get asked about it, it's like, it's too complicated to even talk about. So, um, I don't, I don't think it's complicated to talk about. I think it's complicated to listen to. Mm. And that's kind of why I, I don't necessarily put a lot of time and equity into it. Um, again, I think you, you know, we, there's, there's still a long ways to go. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm, I can say this, I'm uh, a big advocate of love and friendship and honesty and communication. But in the same breath, I'm also a big advocate of accountability. Yeah, me too. Um, I think you explained it well of if someone's behavior lies so far outside your value system <laughs> that the balance shifts of like, man, I, I can't operate in a world where this works. Yeah. That's, that's the end result of being accountable. But you do, okay, I can't, but, I can't, I can't listen to, I can't listen to it anymore. So, uh, <laughs> but you, it was, he, he oh. was trying so hard not to say, he, this guy's a fucking creep. You know what I mean? Like he just couldn't mm. say it. No, but he does. He's like talking about, well, he's my friend. Ultimately, he came back yeah. to Vince as his friend. So his value system, you know, little bit, you know, his vices was perfectly fine with the dude shitting in someone's hair. Right. I just, yeah. I can't, I can't. I can't process this, man. Like, it's not hard to just kind of not say nothing. You know, and he he manages to say so many words without fucking saying a thing, right? He's so, and this yeah. is why he was, this is why he was the centerpiece of WWE for so long because he's just so full of shit. Like, you can't, like, God forbid you use the word Taiwan in a sentence, John. But I mean, like, <laughs> this, this you tap dance around. Fuck. Like, I, I'm super yeah, disappointed he, in him as a human being, like at this whole. Yeah, time. me too, because he's always kind of like one of the good guys. You know what I mean? Um, but he said, "Right now, I'm gonna love the person I love. Be oh. their friend. I love you. Uh, you have a hill to climb. That r- rape charges, uh, sex trafficking charges, hill to climb. There, that's a pretty big hill, buddy. Uh, there's a saying of you don't know who your friends are until shit hits the fan or shit hits somebody's hair or oh, yeah. your back <laughs> is against the wall." That doesn't make any of what's going on any easier to swallow. Just telling someone you love them. It's a hill to climb and we'll see what happens. Or uh, that you, is one John Cena on the sex trafficking charges against the Vince McMahon, and the WWE. Or when you forcibly press someone against the wall and hold them there while you yeah. violate them. I just, we're not talking about a guy who got busted for, you know, bringing drugs over the border, right? This nice. isn't Steve Williams in 1992. This is, abhorrent charges and i hate that we have to fucking do this all the time but sometimes i feel like people stuff slide and right john cena is as very well trained in the media and how to deal with media but this is and this isn't the first time that john cena's made a complete ass of himself on the howard stern show howard's better at it than most people quite frankly because he went on stern yeah. ooh, fifth, oh, god almost 20 years ago and shit on the like chris canyon mm-hmm. right like he uh, I, I i don't know man we're at our a person is defined by how they act in moments of conflict and all i'm seeing from john cena in moments of conflict is cowardice and it's really Mm -hmm. disappointing it's really disappointing he has an opportunity to get in front of it and be bold he can he can say you know vince absolutely like i owe a lot to him and yada 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 but if this shit that they're saying about him is true like i want nothing to do with that guy like but instead, he dances around and uses like corporate buzzwords. Like it goes yep. against my value system. Like be a human being, dude. Say like this. This is disgusting. It's abhorrent. And if it's true, and you know, I I'm not gonna have this guy in my life anymore. You know what I mean? Like I I I think I think that's okay to say. And I think it's okay to say if it's true, because especially if like that's your friend, like that's somebody that you're close to, and you 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 probably want to wait for all the facts to come out, but. 
like it's more than just one allegation. It's like we're we're like Weinstein, Bill Cosby level, like to where we're we're talking about a lot here, and more and more just keeps coming out about not only the stuff that he was engaging in, but stuff that he overlooked all throughout his career. We're knocking on Epstein territory, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, yeah. I just is he so programmed like is he such a corporate robot that he's just kind of eradicated all actual human feeling from him from his actual persona now where all he can do is just be john cena the corporate puppet and like we don't human part of him totally gone like is that where we so. are with him i think so because um jd Okay, say, J.D., you're in a movie, right? J.D. gets cast in a movie. It's a big right. movie, a big picture. And it's it screened very well. Fa- the audience scores are through the roof. Um, and when it comes time to release the movie, the movie studio just tosses it away. Like, say, Co- Coyote, a Wiley Coyote versus Acme, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what just happened. John Cena was in that movie. Howard asked him about that and said, aren't you pissed about that? And he goes, well, no, you know, I, I, I did my best in the movie and it's out of my control. I just nothing I could do about it. Um, and they felt that this was the best thing they could do is this. They're just moving chess pieces here. And this is just one chess piece that they move. And that way they can save, uh, save it for another move later. I'm just like, dude, he is a complete robot at this point. He has, he has no, no human emotion. There's no human emotion there. He's fucking de- no. That's I was gonna say he was data from Star Trek: The Next Generation, but that's not even true. Data's whole arc was that he tried to have human emotion and tried to be human. John Cena is one of the freaking Borg. Like he's just got no yeah. humanity left in him. Like it's just these are. And I kind of understand what he means about like. There's a lot of actors that have the opinion of like, hey, I did my work while working. Whatever happens after is after. I interviewed um, Brian Cranston once. And he said, my, my reward is doing work because I can't control what happens after that. You know, because again, like so many actors like live and die by their reviews and how this thing performed and blah, blah, blah. So I understand that. But then in the same time to go ahead and start complimenting Zaslav's moves, like that's when you lose me. It's like, there's nothing left in him. Like the whole WWE corporate literally broke side of him. That's a living, breathing, emotional human being. And we're left with just this automaton, this Android like fuck dude show some fucking emotion like yeah i i hate to say be more like randy orton but in this case be more like randy orton now people are still coming after randy orton um but i i thought that his his comments are a little bit refreshing when he was asked about it this is from uh sports illustrated he said i gotta say this i wouldn't be where i am without vince uh taking a chance on me a handful of times would not be where i am today without him but fuck, I'm reading this shit, and what of what you've seen in red, and I've seen in red. As far as commenting on it, it fucking hurts my heart. Um, and then he he did a couple more interviews, but I was just like, I think that's a very like human. honest way to say it. it's a human response to this because I know and and what Howard was trying to get at, and that's why he's probably the best interviewer that there is out there at this point. I mean, the guy's been doing it for you know almost fifty years, mm-hmm. um, where he he was trying to come at it from not like an antagonistic approach when he's asking the question he's trying to meet him on a human level trying to open up that human side of cena and it just and he was met with the most robotic corporate buzzword like talk uh, in history um and i was just like it's like damn like if you can't get real with howard man who can you get real with i'm randy orton is someone with a checkered past we I, mean, I don't think anybody would argue that he's very 
very immature, but over the last few years, it seems like he has made an effort to become a better human being. Like, it seems like this marriage is working. He's trying to be a dad. Like, I'm a firm believer yeah. in men. Men's past should not be erased, but, it, you know, I try to value. I try to make value judgments on people based on who they are now and understand that we've mm -hmm. all had we've all got skeletons in our closet. We've all got things we're not proud of. We're all dude. We're all making mistakes every day. Right. So like I see this from Randy Wharton, I see a guy who understands the the severity of the situation and who's acting like a real person and who seems like he's acting like he didn't know any of this stuff, you know, like saying something like it hurts my heart. Like Randy Wharton, which is so funny because on camera, he's the one that always came off like the automaton robot. And John Cena was yeah. always the guy who seemed like he was so human, which just goes to show you that wrestling is bullshit right i don't know man i'm actually or again orton's not a perfect person i don't think he'd tell you he's a perfect person but um his reactions to this are far more human than than the overwhelming majority of wrestlers i think we've heard from on this subject yeah uh he he really he really is and you know what like i'm look and you you i think you said it perfectly like i'm also a guy that has mm -hmm. made some mistakes and kind of like in my position now where I'm a, I'm a first sergeant, you know, like a first sergeant light. Like I have a guy over me, but I handle a lot of the work and a lot of the cases. And like somebody comes in, I'm like the perfect guy to talk to about their problems because chances are I've either experienced it myself, I've done the things that they've done, or I've been close to somebody that has done those things or that has had those things happen to them. And I, I can relate to them on a human level. Right. And um, so when I see a guy like Randy Orton, like making like actively making changes in a life, I'm just like, you know, good for you. Like, I hope nobody judges me based off the guy that I was when I was, you know, roaring around Korea when I was 25 years old. You know what I mean? Because like, mm -hmm. I'm just not that I'm not that dude anymore. Like mm -hmm. I'm I'm 40. I'm married. You know, I got a I got a kid like I'm a completely different dude. Like the things that I would say to people back then are just not going to come out of my mouth anymore. It's just not who I am, you know. I was having a conversation on Sunday with a friend of mine who's getting into coaching and uh, I was telling her that, you know, I said, people like us, we've got, you know, I, I use this not specifically Mike, but just like as, as a metaphor, but we have battle scars and war stories and we've tasted failure and defeat and victory. And like, this is what's good. These are the things that are going to make you a good coach. These are the things that make you a good teacher, make you a good mentor is the fact that you've had experience in life and you're going to take those life lessons and apply them. Right. And make and you're using him to make young men better men, right? Yeah. That's your that's your job. It's kind of mine too. Like this is what we do. And I hear Randy Orton. I hear a guy who's, I believe, trying to be better, right? Like I hear. Yeah. I think we all have like regrets from our twenties. Who doesn't? If you can't look back in your twenties and go, God, I wish I didn't do that. Like what you know. <laughs> yeah. And I don't. I I've lived. I try to live straight and narrow as much as possible. But like, even I have stuff where I'm like, why did you do that? Like, you know, those dude, moments. like on, on a daily basis, I'm like, man, I, sh I shouldn't have said that that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I shouldn't have treated this person like that. Like that should not have been my response, mm -hmm. but here's how, you know, like you're growing and here's how, you know, you're like, you know, kind of a wiser person is you're willing to take accountability for those moments and like, Hey, look, I shouldn't have said it that way. Like, that's not the way I meant it. Or maybe you did mean it that way, but like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm having a rough one today. I, I, I need to be better than that. You know, Hey, forgive me. I, I, you know, I'll try my best not to let that happen again. You know, like that, that kind of like daily accountability, 
um, I, I think is, is very important in the, in the growth of like, of everybody. And that's why, like, I try not to, to, to dogpile on somebody who's actively trying to make a difference in their life. Now, if they're not really one of those people that's like willing to take accountability, they're just hoping everybody forgets. Well, that's a little bit different, right? Different. Because you, you, you really haven't, um, you're, you're still carrying that burden, right? Um, and you're, you're wanting everybody to forgive you despite the fact that you're not actively changing. That becomes a little bit different. And so, um, and that's why I hate to see people kind of getting, you know, getting away with things time and time again without ever changing. And, to circle back to, to Vince, that's the type of guy that we're talking about, right? Like this isn't a guy that made mistakes. This is a guy who committed horrific crimes against humanity, right? Multiple like times. Were multiple times and continued Over to get away from decades. it. And Over if you're decades. wondering why, and if you're wondering why we start the show every week on this stuff, it's because it's about time that this guy faced some type of accountability, right? And what that is, that's up to the, you know, the court system. That's not up to JD and I. If if I had my way, I, you know, I'll tell you offline exactly what I think. But I've heard. <laughs> I think you, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I think that's why it's important that we continue to talk about the story. We talk about the villains in the story, and unfortunately, um, it's not going to get. I don't think it's going to get much co- much coverage. But John Cena just became, I think, like a minor, like bit part villain in this story with uh, his res- his lack of response. I would say, like. We always talk about in coaching, you can't be doing things the way your coaches did it or the way that, you know, it was done 10, you were doing it 10 years ago, right? We're trying to grow. We're trying to be better people. We're trying to like, you know, look back on how things were and like, I'm going to be better. And like the people say, well, this is the way it's always been. This is what I did. So it's fine. Like, and that's what Vince is. That's what Vince is going through right now. And it's like, yeah. this is the way it's always been. It's fine. Everyone's on board with it. And unfortunately they created a culture where that kind of behavior was not only tolerated, but it seems like it was celebrated. Yeah. And I guess this is uh, this is where I'm at. And I've, I've talked about it multiple times on the show over the last like couple months. It's like, I'm so thoroughly disgusted with how our peers in the wrestling media and wrestling fans are, are trying to write this off or forget about it. That like, it's really had an impact on my enjoyment of, of pro wrestling as a whole right now. I'm trying yeah. to get over that. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to work to be better. Um, but it's been tough. And then you hear someone like that. You do. I mean, I thought very highly of John Cena. I Me really too. did. He's yeah. the good guy, right? Like he had the hustle, loyalty and respecting. Like he, it seemed like he believed in that. And like with the, the stuff with the make a wish kids, but like, I hear this and I'm like, was that just part of a cal-? And then again, I'm just, I'm just pontificating here. Is that part of a carefully crafted image? Is that like, was that stuff you did to make it look, you know what I'm saying? Like I have to, when that's your reaction to human suffering, when that's your reaction to human suffering, it makes me question everything I thought about you. And again, yeah. maybe that's my problem. Maybe that's something that I have to work on, but I mean, it's just, I'm having a hard time reconciling it from some, like I just expected more from that guy. Yeah, me too. And a real lack of empathy from the alleged victims. Right. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, the, the key the key part of it. Um, and he just, I don't know, he just showed no emotional, you know, you brought up the wrestling media again and, um, I always will. I wanted, yeah, I want, yeah, I wanted to bring up this part and uh, shout out Warren Hayes, uh, Warren wow. Hayes, a f- friend guy. of the show. Yeah. He's great. Well, we need to have him on. I, I invited him on. He accepted it. We just haven't connected to make it happen. Yeah, we got to do that. Yeah. He, he was talking today in the voices of wrestling slack and, uh, you know, vice media. Did you see what's going on with vice media? How no. like, the new, I'm, so I'm the, so the out new, of it right um, now. Continue. Dude, the new 
you know, Vice got sold, right, to right. this new comp this big company, and right. they just shit canned all of Vice, right? Like the website's going down, so they're giving like the writers like a time hack and to get like their stories that they post on there, or they're going to be deleted forever. Like they're just completely shit canning the whole operation, right? Jesus so Christ! All these journalists, not only they're and they're laying off like hundreds of people, right? It's like bloodletting over there. It's it's awful. <coughs> well, one of those people is Tim Marchman who's been kind of on the forefront of this story, specifically yeah. the Ashley Massaro case. Um, and Warren did a good job by just, you know, reaching out to him on uh, blue sky and said, Hey, you know, I really hope that um, despite the fact that vice is going under that Tim Marchman is able to continue his work because it's important work. And I, and I would agree. And fortunately Tim like responded to Warren and said, my coverage is going to continue. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm really, I'm really glad about that because he's kind of, he's like a wrestling fan, but he's like a legit reporter. He's like an outsider. Um, so to kind of have him on our side on this deal and kind of covering the story in depth, I think is super important. Um, and it's a you know, tough day at the office for the, the vice folks, but I'm really glad that we got him. We're in a scary place in, in traditional media right now, where I don't know what the future lies for print. The death of print media is scary because like everything becomes consolidated and how do you make yeah. money? Like, how does, how do we, like, how do any of us make money? Cause like, if you're a legitimate journalist, you can't do what we're doing, you know, like right. you, your message doesn't go out. And there's a lot of people that have been able to monetize Substack, And like, mm -hmm. that's one example. And it just is a way to continue coverage of news and talk about important stories. So whatever, whatever he decides to go with from here, I hope that it can be with a, a medium where you can still have a reach like a powerful yeah. reach like because we need we need legit journalists on the forefront fighting the good fight because when good people don't care anymore and turn a blind eye is when we lose everything like i'll, I'll say fuck the fightful guy until the day i die like jimmy van piece of shit like you don't get to say you don't get to say oh thank you vince and then turn around later and go i didn't know when you clearly knew clearly yeah. knew like i i will never i will never stop beating that drum for these people that are going to sing praises of people who who aided and abetted these things like it's um no oh, fuck them all man fuck them all yeah well tim, tim marchman uh has uh he, he has a spot on the mike and jd show anytime he wants to be he's, he's kind of big time i don't think yeah just, open <laughs> open invite that's yeah, probably open, open invite um you know jd you you mentioned um you know growth in people and turning around and utilizing their mistakes to become coaches and that reminded me of this really good documentary I just saw recently called Independence Wrestling ah. with the Community, where one of the coaches um, actually failed in his high school career. He kind of he kind of choked at a high level and he used that uh, failure in his life to go back and coach kids to state. And that's kind of what we do. Right. And I use a lot of my failures in life to go back and, and coach you know, young men and women and teach them like, hey, here's the path to do it. You don't have to do the things that I did. Here's a better way to do it. Um, and if you're interested in independence wrestling with a community directed by J.D. Oliva, uh, you can go to the Mike and J.D. Show YouTube channel right now. It's there for free. Um, just uh, check it out. Independence wrestling with a community. J.D. I'm pretty decent. The low budget crappy <laughs> filmmaking thing. Um, like that's actually a fun story. Uh, I actually got a, this is about 2010. I get a call one morning from a woman in independence, Iowa, third grade teacher. Who's like, um, I have all, I have a hundred hours of footage 
and I don't know what to do with it. And I'd started to develop a little bit of a reputation. They, they said these Wisconsin whitewater coaches told me to call you. And I'm like, oh. So I talked for like an hour with this woman on the phone. I'm like, oh my God, there's a story out here. So I actually moved out to Independence. I lived there for like two, two, three weeks over a summer. And then I brought my guys out there and we basically finished the movie and like, you know, gave it a spine and, and like took this, all this stuff and made a story out of it. So um, that was a fun project to do. And it's actually, I was pleasantly surprised at how well it had aged. Like this is stuff like between that and last Maverick, I hadn't, thanks man. David Hadley says it was a damn good film. JD just watched it. It was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, thanks, these are things I haven't watched in over a decade. And like, I, I look back at my, I look back at my film career and be like, what a fucking piece of shit. That whole thing was like, I don't look back fondly on those days. And, uh, it's kind of nice that some of this stuff is getting some new life. And, um, I don't know. Makes this old teacher happy that, you know, maybe I wasn't completely worthless at the, at the thing I studied for all these years. <laughs> well, I really like Last Maverick, um, and that's that. We need to get that link out too. That's um, that's over on what's that on Daily Motion? I can't remember it's which Vimeo. one. It's on it's on Vimeo. Vimeo, yeah, it's on on Vimeo, and um, and then over on our YouTube, uh, Independence is over on the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check those movies out. Um, King of the North is back. He's here for his weekly check-in. Hey. Uh, he's currently going crazy on Twitter about what's going on in Noah. He's he's not happy, <laughs> dude. I'm so <laughs> I'm so out of it right now because I've been so yeah. focused on amateur wrestling for the last month and a half. What's what? How did Noah King I, of the North? What is going on in Noah this week? I mean, we got a guy who knows what's going on. But yeah. like, before I bring well, it to him, I want to know what the, the the dirt is. Give me the dirt. Yeah, well, they they have a show going on right now. I, I'm obviously I'm not watching it because I'm here with you, but um, it's probably a show I'm gonna check out this weekend. But yeah, King of the North not happy with what's going on in Noah. <laughs> Shit um, sucks. <laughs> you have to go to his Twitter to find out more details. But he's live tweeting the show. It's like I, I was like, it's like North is not happy today. <laughs> I feel like that was the core of my Twitter account from like october yeah. to like january i think i've tweeted that same thing like a bazillion times fuck wrestling i okay. hate this shit so much oh king of the north says saying, bro the show happening right now is headlined by jack morris versus anthony green because that's why we watch pro wrestling noah for jack morris yeah. versus <laughs> anthony green i i actually i really like jack morris i think he's I got too. a future yeah i, I think he's got a future not, i think anthony green's like a life. decent they're, they're they're a decent little wrestler. He's a decent little wrestler. I just I just don't see him ever being a star. But I think Jack Morris could be something one day. Yeah, he's maybe, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he's he's not bad. I just don't see that as being like a Noah main event. Two two Gaijin like that. I just I don't I don't see that. Yeah, but is is tonight's show kind of like their? Um, I don't know. Like kind of a side show. Like it can't be like a big show, right? Like I don't know. I'm out of it. I'm I'm out. I'm out I, of the loop. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Hey, let's go to the let's go to the next topic. We've got a few more topics to hit before we call it a night. Um, this one, we Joe and I talked about this last week. We predicted this one. Uh, Jennifer Pepperman is all elite. Um, she was a writer in the WWE system for a long time. She's kind of like Mercedes Monet's friend. Um, uh, AEW has hired her. She's like this the uh, vice president of content something i don't know like everybody got so many evps in that company but bullshit said that, yeah and then dave dave said when she when she quit wwe last week i was actually told by wwe that they expected that she'd be in AEW very soon because of her connection with mercedes and she's going to be mercedes's personal writer like a uh, brian gortz is for Dwayne johnson so um mercedes monet pulling kind of a power move there uh bringing uh bringing over her own writer from the wwe system and this is exactly what we've been needing is more wwe influence on aew right 
you're expecting me to get really angry. <laughs> I, I know off I, on this, no. and I'm not gonna because no. I got a, no. I got a hot take for you. I got a hot take for you. Okay, on this. okay, go ahead. Have you have did you watch Mercedes Monet's New Japan run? Uh, I did. Yeah. What did you think of her work on the mic? Um, honestly, uh, not good. Yeah, I, but I've I've never been impressed by her on the mic. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do I want AEW to be like WWE in any way, shape, or form? No, I do not. Do I want them to maximize Mercedes Monet, who could be a game changer for that company as far as female talent goes? Yes, I do. Do I think that having her personal book, her personal writer and friend working with her specifically to maximize her talent be a good thing? I do. I think it could be a good. I think it could be a good thing. Again, I tend to try to look at these things optimistically. I don't like shitting on something until I know it's bad. Like, yeah. so I, I, as long as she's not making Daniel Garcia do stupid shit, I'm okay. Right. Yeah. As long as yeah. she stays, because a part of me is like, okay, what do we got in the AEW women's division now? Like, eh, like it's getting better, but it needs work. So if this is what helps Mercedes and gets her acclimated and helps and, and does that fine. And it's hard for me to blame any specific writer for what goes on in WWE because WWE is WWE. No, not yeah. one, not one individual creator has any inf true influence over that program. So I don't know, whatever, if it sucks in six months, I'll say that fucking sucks. But for right now, it's hard for me to get mad. I just don't want scripted promos from, you know, I don't want, I don't, okay. I don't want scripted promos like WWE where like, I say my line, you say your line. I say my line, bitch. Like, I hate, I hate <laughs> that. Isn't is that what happens? Isn't that what always happens? You, like you, you, you nailed it actually. That's, yeah, that's what, that's what, thank you. That's what it is. I don't want that from AEW. I want John Moxley yeah. and Eddie Kingston pouring their hearts out to me. I want sting talking about the death of oh. his father. My God, oh, that might be the best promo it. the man ever cut. Like yeah. it was so raw and emotional. As long as she's not telling Eddie Kingston what to feel, well, who cares? And now, yeah. if she can help people who can't get to that, because that's something that's underrated, is having people that can help you. And there's Dusty Rhodes did that in Crockett too. Like there's always been people behind the scenes that are helping people get better at their promos, right? We can't let people live and die. Like we talked, this whole big theme of the show has been personal growth, I think, right? We yeah. talked about taking stock in who you are and trying to grow. And as promos, if you're not taught how to be a good promo, it it's, might be hard to learn. So if she can help some people find something in themselves, I, I can't see it as being a, a bad thing. Now, like I said, if we're getting scripts for everything, if we're not allowed to think and feel, and we're trying to fashion everybody into a John Cena robot, bad, bad, no bueno. But if this helps Mercedes be awesome and draw money, well, fuck, they need all the help they can get. Yeah. And I, I, I've been making fun of this hire, but I, I, I honestly have no problem with the hire. Here's what I have a problem with. I have a problem with people going on to Twitter saying, "Oh wow, this is this is an excellent hire." Yeah, I and agree. Like, How the fuck do you, you know? Just, How do you know? <laughs> you just learned who this person is right now, and at this point, no one's really like like wrote a story talking about the storylines that she created, right, or the promos that she scripted that were awesome, right? We don't know if this is a great hire or not. We just know that Mercedes Monet likes her, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that she did some daytime soap opera stuff. I, I'm not interested in that in pro wrestling. So when you guys are telling me that she got a daytime Emmy, you can wipe a monkey's ass with that daytime. I don't care about that at all. It does not impress me. Right? I want to know what she did in WWE that people actually liked. Now, if you can, if you can pinpoint something, let me know. I, I would, I would appreciate it. But as of right now, no one's provided any evidence that she's pretty good at this job. So, you know, bring, bring me some evidence that she's good. Now, we might find out in like six months, like you were saying, like she actually might be, she might be the one person to take this women's division over the top and make it interesting again. She might be able to do that. I, I don't know. Maybe she's the one that kind of like propels Mercedes Monet into superstardom and makes her an actual draw. Right. It could, it could be, it could be, but uh, for all the people that are lauding this hire, like Sean Ross Sapp was like the first one. He's like, this is an excellent hire. I'm like, Sean, what's your favorite story that she wrote? Like what segment like specifically, that she wrote like cradle to grave is your favorite. What do you think? And the, the answer is you, that nobody knows, right? Like we, we do have a mutual friend that like knows her like a little bit. And so he, he's pretty high on her and I'll take his word for it, but I'm going to have to see ex- exactly what it looks like on TV before I, before I start saying this is a good or a bad hire. I think Sean's listening to people within the company who, who speak highly of her. Yeah. Right. So that tells me that she's liked by her peers, which is yeah. a good thing. I I agree. I can't tell you it's a great hire or not. Mercedes feels like it's a good hire. And that's yeah. all I can base this on right now. Is like she in my mind, she's the Mercedes whisperer. If she stays yeah. in Mercedes, fine. Just don't tell yeah. Eddie Kingston how to cut a promo. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, just just don't go to Eddie and say, Okay, Eddie, now a little bit more robotic, a little yeah. less emotion. And I want you to slow your cadence down because you're talking to complete fucking idiots that can't follow what you're saying. And then when you're done, stare into the camera uncomfortably long <laughs> you just made me uncomfortable a little bit that, that's what i but is that what they do am i wrong yeah. is that not what they do uh, on that show like, <laughs> i hate it so much i fucking hate yeah. it yeah don't do that yeah. as long as because remember we were getting there in aew like in the fall yeah. it started to feel like that it was, it was got, getting bad well, Oh, he, was. he was listening to like the worst people. He was listening to the WWE folks that he brought over Pat Buck and Sanjay Dutt and Jimmy Jacobs and Bogo Max, who is not a WWE, but he's very much like, that's what he likes. Mm-hmm. You know, like it started to get that way. And then since like the continental classic, it has really gotten back to what we really liked in 2019 when the saying hole started, like we're getting back there again. And when I hear and see everybody lauding, somebody from the office of WWE that they've never heard of. It, it makes me cringe a little bit. I'm like, okay, who are we fucking hiring next? Marsha from accounting? Who's kind of like Greg from the mailroom? You guys want everybody from WWE? Like they, I, I just, I just don't care. Yeah. I'm with you. You can't tell me so-and-so is a good hire. Cause you don't work there. You don't know what yeah. they do. Like I'm with you hundred percent on this. Like the more right. distinction we can feel, the more I think Tony has the reins of things, the better off we are. And you know how I can tell things are better is when O'Shea Jackson Jr. gets so angry, he blocks us. <laughs> he doesn't block me. He blocks you. Oh, he, he just blo- blocked me? I yeah, he doesn't he block me. Too. Well, I'll wear no, that no. Yeah, no, I even I even put out a clip from, uh, you know, making fun of him for his bad tweets last week. And I got like, blocked. You got off. OK, what the fuck? I. I may I don't know, man. I guess I guess I'm more polite. I don't know. I did I did Fair. I did like explain how much I respect his dad, and I still do. I know like like a lot of people are not like Ice Cube senior fans these days, but I can't stop locking liking the guy that I liked my whole life. So sorry, I don't I don't care if his son's a butthead. Son is a butthead. I, I yeah. mean, like he just has, but he just has terrible wrestling takes. I mean, I yeah. love our buddy. Reg, I love regular Scott, but he also has <laughs> terrible wrestling takes. I mean, like can't get mad about that. 
But I mean, yeah. like, I don't know the fact that he blocked me. I'm like, wow, I've tried so hard to get blocked by other people. And it hasn't happened. <laughs> didn't want any of my shit. Yeah. King of the North says, uh, her bringing an Emmy to WWE creative meeting is really funny though. Like they should she brought an like, Emmy to De- Whoa, whoa, whoa. She brought so there's an the Emmy whole, to the creative meeting. This was like a big story like five years ago where she got a ton of heat because oh, she was I in a creative meeting with that. Kevin Dunn and Kevin Dunn got like super pissed at her. And she was like in the doghouse for a little bit because of that, which I think is hilarious. Okay. okay hold on. I'm going to spin this. I'm going to spin this differently. You know how it you have to put it on Kev- TV. <laughs> Kevin Sorry, Dunn. Go ahead. Buck teeth ass was probably being un like completely, you know, insufferable in a meeting, and she's like, "Fuck this guy," and brought in her Emmy just to shut him up. Like, and I think that's I, funny. I think that's a ball and yeah. move. To be honest with you, I like. I it. think that. Yeah. I think that's fucking awesome because that guy they've wanted an Emmy because think that company has wanted an Emmy for so long, so badly, and to have yeah. her bring hers in and be like, "Oh, I have one of these." I think that's yeah. fucking awesome. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. Um... P.S. Hayes yeah, but I guess I guess Michael Michael P.S. Hayes was the guy I had to fit. Um, I, I've I've seen people say it was Kevin Dunn, but I think Keegan North might be right. Um, and then um, either way, both Vince yeah. sycophants. Hadley says bring in Dave Prezak to book the women. Um, you know what? Like I know people like to laud that Ring of Honor women's division, but I, you know it was um, that company shine. was on its dying days. That's shim- shimmer, was it Shine? Shimmer, shimmer and Shine. Shimmer. Yeah. Well, he was no. It was um, Maria Kanellis was booking the women's division in Ring of Honor. And everybody was like, oh, this is the greatest division. But I was like, really, they had a tournament. They had a tournament. You she know? Booked, yeah. She booked a tournament. She put people in. I mean, like, look, do I not? Should, should there be more women in creative positions in wrestling? Absolutely. I don't argue that. I think Maria, as the Ring of Honor booker in its dying days, is a little over the top. Yeah. But get. Give her an opportunity to be on the team. Count, you know that that's yeah, fine. Sure. That's, Listen yeah, to voice. Yeah, don't yeah, don't just say like hand hand to this person the book because no. you know we we don't know if they've been successful. We're we're in a company right now that you know could use well, here, more okay. success. Okay. So. Counterpoint: You're not successful until you are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, like you never get yeah. there until you're given a shot at getting there. So maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'd like to hear well, people's ideas before saying, "Well, this person should have a I, voice." Like, well, do they have good ideas? Like, nobody really well, knows it. We all just assume people would be good at jobs, and sometimes people aren't very good at jobs. Yeah, well, and I I hear the same thing about like coaches. Like, people yeah. are saying like, um, for, for example, the 49ers need a new defensive coordinator, right? And a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Richard Sherman should be the defensive coordinator." I'm like, he's never coached the defense. Like, he was a very good player. Mm-hmm. But can he call the plays? Like, I don't know. Like, you, you got to work your way up. Or you got to really kill it in the interview. Like, tell me your ideas. Yeah, I advocate for John Muse all the time. It's because I know his ideas. Yes. Like, he's actually like, like when we, we were actually going to do a little inside baseball for everybody. Uh, j- back in the Brace for Impact days, me, JD, and John, we were working up to this, um, like, fantasy booking show where John was going to present these this booking idea for this, uh, the Kurt Angle Cup. Like it was going to be for, TN, Bound for Glory, right? It was a Bound for Glory. It, it, no, it was called the Kurt Angle Cup because we, we were already heading into Bound for Glory at this point. So oh, yeah, okay. we're like the fourth quarter of the year, which Continental Classic ends up happening in like the fourth quarter. So I don't know if that was a coincidence or not. But so we, we you, the three of us had this idea, the Kurt Angle Cup, and he booked the hell out of this thing. He had all these great, like unique style matches. It wasn't your average tournament. Like it wasn't single elimination either. It was a round robin tournament, but there were stipulations in some of the matches. There was a way to get your points back. There was all kinds of stuff. Like he, like he n- killed this thing. And I'm like, that's like 
that's like four months of television right now, but just based off of one tournament. Like I know his ideas, so I can advocate for him. I don't know Jennifer Pepperman's ideas. So, um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see if, uh, if she's pretty good or not. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna advocate for our friend right now because he's not listening. He'd be texting us if he was, and he's not. He'd here. be in the so chat too. He's he'd be in there. the chat. So like, I'm gonna advocate for our friend who's not here, who's gonna get embarrassed later when he's his. John Muse has never really been given a shot at a big level. He's always been a guy who's kind of just missed out barely. And I've had a million conversations with this dude about wrestling booking, and he's got great ideas. But because he's never been in the WWE system he doesn't get looked at like it's always like well that guy's never really had it. and that's what's that's what i say you're not successful until you're given a chance and some people who could be very successful have never have just haven't been given a chance and that's uh yeah you, you praise john so i decided to just pick up the ball yeah. a little bit do the same yeah uh, absolutely um so man oh we got a couple more topics left all right so i want to get into this one real quick um I think this is a this is pretty interesting news. Um, Ric Flair biopic in the works from Dwayne Johnson and Seven Bucks Productions. Uh, Seven Bucks Productions is developing a project based on the life of the legendary American professional wrestler Ric Flair. The rap can exclus- exclusively reveal. Um, so yeah, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, Hiram Garcia will produce for Seven Bucks alongside Misher Films and Kevin Misher, with whom they most recently collaborated with on MGM's wrestling themed. Fighting with my family. Okay, that kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a Ric Flair movie, man. What are your thoughts on Rick, a Ric Flair biopic being in the works? Yeah, I don't really have many on, to be honest with you. Like, you think I'd have like some good takes on this? I don't because movies get put in development all the time. Like, it's like 1% of movies in development get made. So, I mean, like there's yeah. the odds that's actually happening are, are slim just by just by math, right? And did you see Fighting with My Family? Because I did not. No, and I saw the previews for it, and um, honestly, like I was kind of, I kind of liked Paige before that movie, but her promos for the movie, I, I just did not want to see her on television anymore, and I have never been interested in her since then, and I have not been interested in anything she's done in AEW. So, and and maybe that's just that's a me thing, I don't know, but like the the leading up to that movie coming out, I was just like done with her. One thing I'll say about that movie is it really kind of helped launch Florence Pugh right between that yeah. and uh Midsommar great have you ever seen Midsommar no I don't know who Florence Pugh is I'm sorry oh she's big right now she's she's okay uh, very which, successful. which other movie which like movie that people um, watch? she was in this disaster of film that I would say about this one first she was in this disaster of film that Olivia Wilde made called don't worry darling that was trash but she's like great in it the movie oh, fucking okay. stuck. Uh, she was in the <laughs> black. She was. You see Black Widow. Did you see the new Black Widow? Yes. Movie? Yes. She's okay. the blonde. Now, now she's the talking. sister. She's the sister. Okay. The yeah. New now, you're, now you're talking my language, Black Widow. Okay. okay. Yeah. She's yeah. she's she's been in a lot of stuff. She's really good. She was in Oppenheimer okay. just this past yeah, non, year. Non, yeah. Nonza says Oppenheimer there. Yeah. Okay. Very 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 good. And fighting with my family was one of the first things that, that got her going. Midsummer, Mike. Uh, go go watch that. I'll, I'll have to check that out now a lot of people so here here's my worry for the movie you have like 50 years of a wrestling career it's and impossible. you have so many different like chapters there's no way to encapsulate it and now everybody wants this movie to take all the good with the bad and i just don't think that you can do that and have a successful movie and i think you do need to get to the bad at some point right like and everybody wants like they want the whole movie to be playing right from hell like that's what i think like dead spin said something like that earlier today it's like nope you got to focus on this you cannot focus on the success right so i think you could do a little bit of both but i think in this first movie 
here's what I would like. And I, and I am, you know, obviously he was like my favorite wrestler growing up. So uh, I get that I'm a little bit biased. Um, his life is very complicated from birth because he was a child that basically got sold as a black market baby to some doctors in Minnesota. Right. So he, his, his like his origin story is already complicated. And then you, you go up through college and then you got the start of his wrestling career where he's like idolizing dusty roads. And then you get to the plane crash and then he comes back from a broken back in the plane crash. Said they're never going to wrestle again to becoming the world heavyweight champion. That's one movie right there. Right. Yeah. Like you can do a whole movie just there. And then the next chapter, him like going crazy in the 80s and all the stuff and then getting to the WWF and winning that world title. That's like another movie. And then you got like all the drama with WCW, his return to WWF, his son dying, the plane ride from hell, TNA retirement and then almost dying himself. Like that's like and that's like a that's like a three hour movie right there. So you got like three or four movies. Right, just on one guy. I don't know that you can just do like one like bio. Like you have to pick certain time periods. You can't do every time period. No, even the Von Erich movie, like they basically condensed the early eighties, right? Yeah. And then they kind of spit out the rest of it, like to get to to get to Carrie's death. Like they just kind of gloss over a good seven years, right? I don't know how you do that with a Flair movie. And I get that people want to talk about the plane ride from Hell and all that stuff because you can't talk about Ric Flair without those things. Yeah. That is Rick part of who Ric Flair is, right? I I don't know how you do this. What do you you have to you have to pick a specific moment to focus on and go yeah. from there and tell like like an Oppenheimer, tell a story about a complicated man. Yeah. Right? Like I don't know, I don't know how else you do it. I don't. I don't I I don't envy the task of them trying to figure out what this movie is because I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, I mean they could do the whole like you know, like Forrest Gump, like or or not, well, like Saving Private Ryan, where he's like this old man, like reflecting on his life or something. You know what I mean? Like Forrest Gump, or like one of one of those types of movies. I don't know, but um, I, I just there's just so much to the guy. He's like one of the more complicated, one of the more interesting characters that we've ever had for sure in pro wrestling. And so I uh, I don't I don't envy it, but I'm interested to to see what they make of it because. Um, but the fighting with my family thing kind of scares me a little bit because I just the previous didn't look good to me. No, I'm, I I had nowhere to see it. Um, I'd advise them not hiring the guy who played Flair in the Iron Claw. Yeah, who who would you get to play Flair? That's a King of the North question right here. Who plays young? Who plays Flair? I think so I think a good my, actor is the most important. Who um who do you got? You got someone? I don't have anyone in mind. So my thought he's a bit older now. He's like older than us. But I my first thought was Bradley Cooper. Right. But you can do some like CGI or AI to make him look younger. But I thought Bradley Cooper would be like, and I think there was like a rumor that he was going to do it. You know, Ryan Gosling could probably do it, you know, because he look like he's like 50 or whatever, but he looks like he's 25 still, son of a bitch. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe like Bradley Cooper, Ryan Gosling. That's who I would probably think of. Joel Edgerton would be an interesting the guy who played Elton John okay. in the Elton John movie. Uh, he's, yeah. pretty good. he's pretty good. Or Austin Butler, who just played Elvis. He's young. Yeah. So if you wanted like a young flair, like yeah. that could, he could do an all right job. I mean, I'll put him Austin on steroids. Butler, yeah, Austin Butler's a good shout, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about it. I like, I like those calls, actually. I think that's a tough one. I, I mean, like, flair's such a character, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, then you have to, like, take the character but boil it into who the man is. And I think that'd be an interesting way to tell a story. Is like a man who's gotten so lost in his character that he can't find it anymore. I don't know. Like, there's an angle, yeah. but I don't know what time of frame. I don't know what time frame you focus on. I would do the 80s. 
Because I just think that's yeah. the most interesting thing, personally. I so I'm what I would do is I would have like a either either a mini like a mini series like a ten parter or yeah. I would do like a series of movies like a trilogy and like the first movie is like Birth to Starcade eighty three, <clears throat> right? That, that's 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 what I would do right there. Yeah. And then like the second movie is like the Horseman, and then uh, you know he gets he ultimately like. Run, runs into like Jim Hurd and all the drama there with WCW, and then he goes to the WWF. Like I would do that next. You know what? The ESPN documentary, the Thirty for Thirty on Flair, was remarkably disappointing because like it was all stuff we'd already seen. If we're if you're a wrestling fan, and it was yeah. like it's so truncated. I would almost I rather than a movie, I would love to see Ken Burns, Ric Flair. Yes. Yes. I dude, I've been wanting Ken Burns to do a thing just on pro wrestling the way he did, you know, baseball and the civil war and Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I think that, I think he's probably the guy to do it. Um, but he, and he did, he did a really good, like he did really good ones on, uh, on like singular people. He did Muhammad Ali, which I thought he like knocked that one out of the park. And then Jackie Robinson too. He, like he absolutely destroyed that one. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. Greatest documentary filmmaker ever. He's, yeah hero yeah and i and i don't even think there's a, a second uh <laughs> second in command there all right arrow uh, jd arrow oh that's a good thin blue line yeah uh-huh. absolutely exactly. yeah fog and of then war. he did it yeah fog of war that was really good and he did one for netflix about the mk ultra that might have actually oh, never seen that one <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then now there's like uh there's this there's this book. I want to say the the author is Robert O'Neill. I can't remember, but the book's called Chaos. And it's about like, you know, the MK Ultra program kind of extending into the sixties and possibly being behind the Manson murders and and uh like oh my Kennedy god, this, like dude. This is so Mike Gilbert. Continue. I'm, dude, I'm telling you, like the the book, like uh, uh I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for like I have it on my iPad now. It's like my next thing okay. that I'm gonna be into. What is MK Ultra? Educate us. Oh, MK Ultra. It's uh Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich, the tag team. That's champion. not what I that's okay. not what I meant. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was the C, the CIA's like program back in the day where they were using LSD on like unwitting participants and kind of turning them into killers, essentially. And then it just went like horribly wrong. And so in this one, they actually followed a family where like the guy the guy that they did the, and I don't want to like spoiler alert. I, we need to find out the name of this damn thing. Um, but the, the family that they, they actually sued the CIA they sued the federal government and won money because really? of, because of, yeah, because of this, because the dad was like working with the CIA, they tested the LSD on him and he ended up killing it, like jumping out of a hotel window. And like the, the documents got released like later in the seventies and, um, and the family actually got to sue. Oh man. You know what? Now, now I have to like look up the, do- the I have to look up the name because now I you need to you need to watch totally, it. Um, I totally MK derailed Ultra the show. Errol Morris. Yes, let's see. Wormwood. It's called Wormwood, Wormwood. on Netflix. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's pretty he's good. A, he's a phenomenal filmmaker. Thin Blue Lines yeah. is is one of the great get you angry about something documentaries. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, Speaking of get you angry, so we've been covering every week this whole the the total nonstop action chaos that's going oh. on in the in the world of TNA. And boy, did it pick up this week! Um, so first, first what happened in the beginning of the week? It, Fightful Select reported that Steve Macklin's uh, contract is about to expire. It expires at the end of May, um, which I went to Patreon. Go to patreon.com/slash/the Mike and JD Show, 
and I did about a 30-minute rant about how TNA dropped the ball with my guy, Steve Macklin. Now everybody's like, Mike, you're very biased in this situation. I fucking know I'm biased. <laughs> like Everybody knows why I love Steve Macklin. But I, on top of that, I happen to think he's fantastic, and he's, he's absolutely really a guy they could have they could have built the whole company like around him and like Josh, like like those were their guys, right? Well, then earlier that or like on that same day, Josh Alexander takes a Twitter and he tweets out like an hourglass emoji, and then the next thing you know, like the rest of the roster is tweeting it, and then like independent stars are tweeting it because they think it's a cool thing to do, a bunch of nerds, but like, and um, the the very the very next day, Sports Illustrated reports. That uh, and this is the headline: TNA Wrestling um, picks up Josh Alexander's option, right? They picked up his option, which is something that's pretty like normal in sports. Like right now, the 49ers are about to pick up Brandon Ayuk's fifth year option. Like, well, they're on their rookie deal. That fifth year, if the team picks it up, they they get like a they get a significant bump in pay, but they're not extended out. Like once they pick up that option, like that's it. Like the following year, they become a free agent or they can re, they can extend the deal during the season. So mm-hmm. that's what happened here. So they they picked up his option, and then immediately, I'm sure Alexander like like texted Sap. He's like, "Hey, brother, um, I didn't want them to do this. I was hoping for free agency, um, and they 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 picked up my option." Um, so that happens. Um, and then on top of all that, Len Asper is on his way from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, um, to New Orleans this Saturday where they're going to have their television tapings and he's going to be addressing the entire locker room. Um, and so that is going to be, uh, quite, uh, quite the interesting because, you know, they might as well have like Sean Ross Sapp and Mike Johnson on speakerphone during that. Cause like an exact transcript is going to be written down and uh, given to them because this company is leaking like a sieve right now. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so it's funny because we've been, you know, I've, I've, I haven't, I've been out of the chat yet to probably put me back in soon. Um, so many of our friends have been wanting TNA to be bigger than it is for so long, and to hear that they have no interest in being yeah. bigger, like, is it must be crushing to someone yeah. who really cares about that product to to hear that you're the company that owns you just doesn't really care. Right. As a Ring of Honor fan, I sympathize. So, yeah. like, I don't know, man. Like, it seems like there's a lot of people. It seems like that was a very harmonious locker room that is no longer a harmonious locker room. People pick up options. They picked up Deanna's last year. She was pretty open about that. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know, man. I think it made mistakes. I think that Josh and, and I think Josh Alexander and Macklin could have been a cornerstone feud in this company, and it, and it never really was. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, I mean, because Macklin's been there almost three years now, and I don't think over three years now, and I don't yeah. think they ever really like committed to a guy, right? Because he rebuilt himself there, and they've always were like interested in some other WWE cast off, right? It just well, puzzled me. They were they were really interested in Scott Demore's guys, right? Like yeah. Josh Alexander is Scott Demore's guy. Yeah, you're right. Um, Josh, Josh gets hurt. Macklin wins the title. And then six weeks later, he gives it to Alex Shelley, who was one of Scott Demore's guys. And then Alex Shelley proceeds to hold it for nine months, despite the fact that he only um, defended, I think, like five times. Um, third longest reigning champion in history for the company. And then he drops it to none other than Moose, who is another Scott Demore guy, right? Now, I'm starting to see a lot of the trends with, with some of my frustration with a lot of the company's booking, and it's because uh, Scott Demore had a locker room filled with 
cronies, I would say. And so like some guys are probably getting opportunities over others when maybe others like Steve Macklin would have been better suited for those opportunities. But that's, that's how the wrestling business kind of goes though. Like you, you stick with the people that you trust. I get that. Um, but here, here's the, here's the good news about TNA picking up Josh's option. Cause it's going to come, it comes with a raise right now, since Scott got fired and Anthony Chonchon was put in that position, um, we have been led to believe that they're significantly going to slash the budget. This move tells me the opposite, right? Because they're going to, they're going to pick up the option on a guy and, um, and he's going to get a raise for the next year. And now they have 12 months to prove themselves to Josh Alexander about whether or not he wants to stay with this company. Um, and so I think, I think like Josh will be frustrated. I understand why TNA did it. They're kind of in a lose, lose situation here because if they didn't pick it up, they just lost their top guy. Right. Like they just, they just, he, he's absolutely like, he's the guy that they build the company around. So they lose him. And, um, a lot of people like only like, like outsiders only come to watch TNA. Cause like, Oh, Josh Alexander has really good matches. Right. And so, um, that that's, that's the tough thing there. So they, they picked it up. He's probably a little bit pissed, but they got 12 years to make it or 12 months to make it up to him. It's not what happened with Deanna. They picked up Deanna's yeah. option. They, they jobbed her for a year. So, I mean, well, so they, here, here's what happened with Deanna though. Deanna didn't know that she had an option in her contract. Josh knew like, and they did a, they did a press release together. Like TNA quietly picked up Deanna's contract, picked up her option. She was pretty salty about it. And then they proceeded to beat her like a drum for 12 months. I don't think they're doing that to Josh. I could be wrong. I, I just don't see I don't that. Know. I mean, like, cause Deanna, it seems like it seems to me now maybe I'm reading this wrong. Josh starts tweeting that he wants out. That's what an hourglass means. That means I'm waiting it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they go, Nope. Yeah. Picking you up. That's a fuck you, man. Well, here's the thing. That story got posted after the hourglass, but Josh did the interview with Sports Illustrated. They probably had done the interview a couple days prior to all that happening. So, like, I think I think but, they all knew what was going on. But we know about that. That's what we know about. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is it? What has it been like there? I mean, I'm sure the hourglassing isn't the first time that that someone has voiced displeasure, right? Like the, it just, I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not sold that they're going to try to prove themselves to Josh in a year. I think they could be like, Oh, okay. Well, fuck well, you. My, my, yeah. My, my thing, my thing is, is that if, uh, if they were really looking to slash the budget, they would have just let him walk. Right. So that that was that's my whole thing. So I I think that is at least somewhat of a positive. And I think Joe Lanza was the first one that I saw make that point. It was not really anything that I actually had like thought about. I, I thought I mostly thought of it as a negative because I'm like, you know, like Mike Tomlin said whenever um, Le'Veon Bell wanted to leave the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was his position was like, look, I didn't recruit hostages. Like if he wants to go, just let him let like let him go. But um, also, Le'Veon Bell is just like a running back, so they could easily they easily replaced him. He was pretty good. But um, Josh Alexander is not like, you know, he's like kind of one of the cornerstones of the company. I don't think they just really just didn't want to lose him. No, I, I mean, I, I get that. At the same time, like we talk about the time, we'll just let guys go. But that doesn't happen very often in wrestling. No, like no. Andrade could have walked into the AEW locker room with a machete and just started swinging at people and told it kind of like. You know, I think I'm gonna keep him around till his contract expires. You know, sure he's killed yeah. six people, but I mean, like, uh, it's good money. Like, they just they just don't they just don't do that. So I mean, ah, I want. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just want to. I want to see how the next six months play out. Uh, I th yes, I think I 
like I'm not saying it's at like I'm speaking absolutes. Like I don't think it's like an absolute. But like this whole thing can go sideways quick because sure. we like you know much like Peppermint. Like I never heard of this Chon Chon guy until until he got hired. Right now, here's what I do know about him. He's been an Anthem corporate stooge for like 12 years or whatever, like 16 years, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, and then uh, then what you have is like, okay, what's his track record like? Well, he's been part of Fight Network. Well, has Fight Network actively grown since he's been there? Well, the mm-hmm. answer is no. In fact, cable has only gotten smaller. Some of that's his fault, probably. And some of that's not, right? Um, and now now he's going to be working over here, and they're going to be mer- they merged everything under the Anthem Entertainment Group umbrella. So it's kind of a corporate restructuring. Um, but here's what I do know: the booking was pretty stale for a long time. It was so bad, in fact, I have to host an Impact podcast by myself. But like that's how bad it got. Sorry. <laughs> Like, so that's, so that's, that's how bad it got. So hopefully they could bring in somebody with some new ideas. Now they brought in one of their other guys who's going to kind of run up the television production side um, named Ariel Schneer um, that uh, actually John Pollock and waiting Schneer. Yeah. He, uh, John Pollock and waiting actually spoke highly of him because they all work together at the fight network. And they said he is absolutely a wrestling guy. It's like, okay, well I've never, like, I, I didn't know that about him. Right. So I, I, but I am not like hopeful. I, uh, I think no surrender. This happening tomorrow night is going to be pretty inter- interesting. I'll be talking about it on the, uh, on the podcast this weekend uh, for uh, Brace for Impact right here on the patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. I'll have that out this weekend. Um, but Len Asper is going to be addressing the troops. So last week, uh, the TNA roster banded together and actually wrote him a letter, wrote, wrote him a letter, um, almost begging him to bring Scott back. And um, Mike Johnson reported earlier today that that is not going to happen. But Len Asper is going to uh, going to address the troops. And here's how I think it's going to go. He's probably going to say, like, guys, sorry, we lied about firing him. We did fire him. And that's because not only does he fuck one of the members of the roster, um, whenever we hired him a month later, he went ahead and booked himself in the co-main event, a slam anniversary in his hometown. And he won. And then he proceeded to to push Big Con and to hire Simon Gotch. So we said, "Fuck this, we're out." Um, so maybe can, Anthony Ciccone can do better. <laughs> can I be honest with you, man? Like I know people are upset about this Scott Demore thing. I've never seen a more overrated guy in my whole life. Like this is the dude who's like, I couldn't stand what was happening in the company for a good year before I, I left it. Like I don't. I know people are upset because they like everything, but I mean, like, is it that great of a loss? I mean, I don't. This Choncho guy, he's got very uh, hurt-ass, yes. very hurty. JD, I don't say Choncho. That's my joke. Uh, it's oh, Chichoni. It's okay, Choncho is a, taking your joke. It's, I a, was it's a derogatory term in Spanish that I got from American me, and I'm waiting for someone to actually look that up so they can laugh about it. But I, I don't. I don't want you to like get caught saying because you're like a teacher. Oh, I don't want you to get in trouble. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought there was a guy's name. My bad. <laughs> I, I forgot what it was. I, mean, I, I thought. I just assumed you've seen American Me. Like, like. No, like I, I guess you're not. Me. You're you're not watching like uh, Hispanic '80s movies about Mexican gangs in prison. I saw Blood in Blood Out. <laughs> okay. Okay. American so I just uh, yeah. I missed, I missed that one. Um, <laughs> I withdraw. I withdraw that statement. <laughs> higher. The higher seems very hurdy very hurt-esque yes yes yeah but again i don't i don't know man i don't think well yeah some guy so i forget i think it might have been uh nonzo in the chat goes has tna ever talked to john muse yeah i'll say it i know they had some conversations scott didn't i shouldn't talk well i don't like scott more all that much either we'll just leave it at that well here here here's the thing here's why everybody's upset is because hard to kill was very successful for tna 
There's there's no two True. ways, but over thirty thousand buys on pay per view for good. a that's TNA good. show, right? Mm-hmm. That's really fucking good, right? And all of the wrestlers are upset, like mm-hmm. and like one by one they took the social media, and I think that got everybody riled up. But look, if they're not making the money that Anthem wanted them to make, right? I I get it. I get why you would why you would make this move. Um, but it's like okay, ultimately it's in the execution. Like, who are you replacing them with? Is the replacement better? We don't know the answer to that question yet because it's very much like you said, uh, Jim Hurd, or it's like at least when Eric Bischoff got hired in WCW, like he had been in wrestling for a while and he kind of like knew this television side of the business and he was very good at like marketing. Like that was his like area of expertise. But Jim Hurd just managed like a St. Louis television station that uh, the end of like St. Louis wrestling was on or like that's that's his claim to fame. And so that's kind of like what to show that he managed fight network like that's what he's. And now, now he's the president of TNA Wrestling. So we're going to see how this thing it. works out. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I will be covering. And I got to be honest with you, JD, Brace for Impact has gotten a lot more fun now that there's drama. Because believe it or not, like over, more, more often than not, like over the course of our podcast together uh, on Brace for Impact, like they were relatively drama free. Like they would like, yes. like wrestlers would like their contracts would expire and they would go elsewhere. That was like the worst thing that happened in that company during the entire run. That we had together, but now like Demore's getting fired, Josh Alexander's talking shit, Steve Macklin's talking shit, like Jordan Grace is all mad. Moose, Moose is like a sensible guy. Like Moose is like, you know, he was upset at first, but he was like, he was on a podcast yesterday, and he was, uh, he was, he was talking about it. Guys, well, look, you go, you get accustomed to these things. He goes, my first year in the NFL, the guy that drafted me ended up getting fired, uh, going into my second year. And that continued to happen for eight years in my NFL career where I was like going from team to team and like people get fired because these things just happen. He goes, right. I lo-, he goes, I'm, we're not working together, but the guy's still my friend and my mentor. Um, so oh, hold on. King of the North wants to get into a fight. Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> he said, Mike, they're booking top dollar. Yes, I understand. And he, and I think earlier he asked earlier, he asked, what do I, what do I think about the, uh, the dream team? The dream team of Greg uh, Valentine and Bruce Beefcake. Oh, even better, sir. Diener and AJ Francis teaming up this Woof. weekend on Saturday. Main Woof. event in any arena in the in the look. Okay, county. <laughs> yeah, in the county, <laughs> county fair. I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of Top Dollar. In fact, I've named him Dollar General, and that's his name on the show. So when you guys talk about Dollar General, Dollar please General. use that. Please use that name. I'm trying to get it over. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big fan, of him, but here's what I will say: they treat him like an absolute dork, and that entertains oh. me. The the yeah. fact that they just kind of like they shit on him and like make fun of him and call him like a shitty rapper who who can't dive over ropes, and Joe Hendry makes songs about him. He's already made two. Like I, I think that's kind of funny, right? So if they're just continuing to treat him like a geek, I'm, I'm, you know, and it's on. Like he, like his that match is going to be on Explosion, okay? Like that's that's what that's going to be. Like they're taping the match this Saturday, but it's going to be on like their pre-show. So I, I, I really don't care. Top dollar said, "I cannot believe JD stepped on your bit like that." Was that like the the the, the chum, chum. oh man well he he, he didn't, didn't know step it was on it. i just I didn't, didn't want, want i don't want him getting in trouble for saying something he shouldn't i didn't saying. know That's... it was a bit <laughs> i had no idea i was stepping on a bit i wouldn't have done it if i didn't known that um yeah, yeah i don't know man tna is a disaster right now it doesn't make me want to go back to brace there <laughs> it's pretty, it's, honestly it's pretty fun i i've had a lot of podcasts and the video and the videos are doing great on youtube everybody go to the mike and jd show youtube channel make sure you hit the like button hit the subscribe button 
and to continue to comment on our videos, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, Nanto, Nanto, ask me this question whenever I do Brace for Impact. We'll get into that because uh, JD's falling asleep again, so we got to get out of here. I'm good. I'm up. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm busting your balls. You haven't been, you've been gone for two weeks. I'm busting That's your true. chops. I need, I need some right. ball busting. <laughs> but yeah, go to the Mike and JD show YouTube channel. Make sure you're a subscriber, like, and comment on the videos and then go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Tons of content. I'm going to have two brace for impacts out this weekend and no surrender review. And then JD is making his return. Wrestling season is over. So JD will be back with the JD. I'll leave a project. Uh, you got any words on that JD? I'm going to do a, I just tweeted, uh, you gave me an idea about like this book stuff. I've been doing these like book recommendations on my Facebook page. And I only get to say so much about it. So I, I tweet, I, I went out today and I had a lot of thoughts about this weird ass book that I just finished reading. Um, it's wild. Like it's so out of my comfort zone and I want to, I got to get them down. I got to get them out there. Cause I need, I could write an essay on this. So I decided I'm going to do a JD Oliva project about this kind of stuff. I promised my friend I'd talk to them about it first and then I'm going to lay that down this weekend. So yeah, should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then don't forget about Sting Week next week, starting Sting. on Monday on the Mike and JD Show YouTube Sting. channel. Sting. <laughs> Sting. Do you remember the old stuff? I thought about I thought about uploading the uh, the Black Scorpion one too, but we already did that on the Voices of Wrestling. We but did. we didn't do it on our, we didn't do it on our page though. Maybe I'll That's just do true. that too. That's yeah. true. Maybe maybe I'll do I'll like re I'll, I'll upload the Black Scorpion. How much trouble will that one get us into? We just said YouTube. As videos, long as I don't. Though. As long as I only do the audio. As long as I only do the audio, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but if I do okay. the video, we're we're screwed. So. Then YouTube's stupid. It's just yeah. Stupid. Yeah. But, all right, guys, I, I think that's going to do it for us this week. It was a really good show today. I, re I greatly appreciate all you guys being here live in the chat. It really helps out the show. Um, and thank you very much for that. Um, and until next week, mahalo. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick It's the click So I hope you want your A game Amen No way From the track when we unite and spit This isn't A game Better bring your A game Competition starting to get thick It's the click So I hope you want your A game Amen No way From the track when we Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world. And we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.